Welcome to the Red Letters Podcast, a community of abuse survivors focusing not on the perpetrators of the abuse, but on the joy, agency, and strength that await you after trauma. We hope that you stay and listen and feel safe in this family through the stories that we share. We don't just empathize, we've walked through it ourselves. So, welcome home. You're a true badass. All right, guys, this is the Red Letters Podcast. Thanks for listening in this week. Today, we have Yaslin with us. And uh, full disclosure, Yaslin and I have only met briefly before, so I'm getting the honor of hearing her story for the first time as well as all of you guys. So, hi, Yaslin. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. <laughs> We're sipping here just so everyone can get a full picture on my carpet in my living room. <laughs> Eating almond butter cups because it's the At morning. like 11 in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's never too early for this. This is what I live for. Deep conversations and sugar first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. Um, Okay, so I don't want to just like cut hard through, but just paint us a picture of you because I feel like so much of our identity like intentionally or unintentionally does end up sort of coming from big experiences like this, whether it's trauma or not, just mm-hmm. like big life experiences come through it. What was your family life like? What's just like you, I guess, paint us a picture of you. Okay, well, I'm from New York, uh, Long Island, so not the cool part. So I'm like (laughs) an hour away or an hour and a half away from Manhattan. Um, I'm Puerto Rican, so I grew up in a super Catholic um, Puerto Rican family and went to Catholic uh, school my whole life and then uh, decided I hated it. And then (laughs) I went to a community college which was like a weird eye-opener to like the public school kids for the first mm-hmm. time. And then um, I went to a private uh, college called Emerson in Boston. Oh, yeah. And then I went to film and television school there, and then I graduated, and then I moved out here. And since then, I've just been working in, under- in the entertainment industry and being a production assistant on like talk shows and documentaries and sitcoms, so... It's kind of how my life is now. Nice. Yeah. Were you like super close with your family growing up or? Um, no, I, um, I'm an only child. Okay. So it was kind of a constant battle of getting too much attention, which <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, uh, when I have a lot of friends, uh, who are also Catholic, who are like one of nine or 10 because their parents didn't mm. want to put condoms on mm. literally. So it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, it's funny like hearing them and how they wish like their parents gave them more attention and how I like crave that I had other people to mm. take the spotlight off of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also I was a Puerto Rican growing up in like a pretty white town. Um, but even before all of that, all my interests were like musicals and like theater and like movies and my family had like no idea how to go about it all uh so like I had a really dark emo phase in middle school my family had no idea how to react to that they thought I was like worshiping the devil it was a whole thing um (laughs) but yeah we're I wouldn't say that we're not close we just like I just don't think we understand each other still Mm. but I'm hoping eventually as I grow up, I feel like I'm understanding, like, they tried their best, and I also tried my best, and yeah. sometimes when you're full of hormones, you just suck. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I would say so many times yeah. when you're full of hormones, you suck. No, girl, I like that you differentiated that, because I think there is something to say about it being different, whatever your family dynamic mm-hmm. is, of, like, it's not that we don't get along, or we don't love each other, or there's not, like, love yeah, there's there. No for anything. Yeah, yeah, it's just a difference of understanding, which I think so often people draw like a hard line there of like, it has to be black or white. I'm like, I can love you. And we just also realize we're not going to get along amazingly. I feel like that's the human condition mm-hmm. really to get along with other people is realizing like you're not going to get along with everyone a hundred percent. 
But it doesn't mean there has to be animosity there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you only think the way you think because of your experiences. And I'm sure that my family, like, they were first generation. And I'm sure they had mm-hmm. a very specific experience being in America as opposed to me who was second generation. And, like, my family speaks really good English, which a lot of my other Hispanic friends, like, they don't necessarily have that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think... I think we just grew up in, like, two very different times, wanting two very different things. Like, my mom only wanted to be a mom. Uh, her and my dad, uh, they went to junior prom together. And, like, they got married when they were, like, 23 and then had me when she was 24. And my dad's had mm. the same job since he was 18. Um, and it's just, like, moved up. And then I, I'm, like, coming out here and I get a new job every six months because that's what production <laughs> is. And, like, no one just understands the life I'm living at all. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. No, I think choosing anything in entertainment is always asking a lot of family if they're not in it. To yeah. be like, I know you're not going to get this. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. It's fine. This is what we do. Yeah. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, so you're an actress. And I was like, that's not what I said. I didn't say that. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I had a thought farts it's just gone right out my head off of something that you said Hmm. interesting so okay so you said you went to like catholic schools Mm -hmm. schools most of your life so college or college was also a catholic school so college was i went to a community college for the first two years because i knew i wanted to do film and entertainment but i couldn't afford to do a full four year anywhere um and i also didn't want to like go there and realize I hated it and then wasted like $50,000 a year. So I um, went to a community college and then I went to just a like a private uh, small art school which had like no affiliation with any religion at all. Was Was that intentional uh, when you were choosing colleges? Yeah. I went to like the gayest school in America on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, so, yeah, my family's like, okay, whatever, Yaslin. Um, yeah, I went to the number one LGBTQ school, but also they had a really great, like, they're, like, top ten um, film schools in America, and it was in Boston, which I always dreamed of going to. I love um, Boston. I loved it, too. Oh gosh. I would never live there intentionally, but I'm glad I, like, got to be there for two <laughs> years and, like, have the experience and then, like, be able to leave because it's so cold. Um, True. A lot colder than New York, which like is crazy, but it was like 20 degrees colder every single day. Yeah. I was there last August. I went and visited for the first time for my birthday. And in August, like mid-August, we were wearing like sweaters Mm -hmm. and turtlenecks. Like it would would get warm like around two or three and then just cold and windy the whole time. It's so windy. That's the issue. Yeah. Right off the water, I'm guessing. That's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's so far north, and you don't even realize how close you are to Canada. Like you're just so far north, and it's crazy. But That's I love it. That's true when you think about it that way. Yeah, you are really close to Canada. Yeah, that puts it in a new perspective. Yeah, the like, East Coast is weird. Like <laughs> geography wise, it's very weird because mm. you don't realize really where it all is until you're like exploring. But yeah, I went there and I loved it. Um, and then we had a program that transitioned me or everyone in your last year to move to LA. So you get an internship. Hmm, that's and then, cool. Yeah. So we have like a campus on sunset and then Emerson sponsor me. I feel like I should get some money. <laughs> uh, shout out to Emerson. <laughs> We'd like funding for this episode. Um, so we had a campus and then you get an internship out here. And then like the whole point is to hopefully get a job, but also to just make connections with people while you're out here and see if you even want to live out here because most of the people who went to Emerson are all East Coast people. Yeah. Like, I feel like I come off a lot more ruder here than I am. <laughs> but I just, like, 
it was it's a really hard transition of me learning how to talk to people because in New York everything's so direct mm-hmm. and it like doesn't matter if it's rude but over here it's just like that's not the vibe yeah <laughs> everyone I feel like dances around everything yeah I've never been to New York confession I'm trying to go this year for the first time because mm-hmm. I have this feeling that I would absolutely fall in love with it mm-hmm. and all my friends from New York are like you would but also the amount of people have been like you do well in New York as in LA I yeah. come across very bitchy a lot yeah. and like, I don't know what you want from me this is just how I talk yeah um you should it's actually a lot cheaper i just got a round yeah i got a round trip ticket my best friend's older sister is getting married in july and i got a round trip ticket for 329 which is nothing and i just got the ticket like a month ago please enable me in this yeah (laughs) you have to like there's like as long as you don't like fall into the traps of new york like if you don't get a hotel in times square like Mm. everything's a lot more reasonably priced than like what they try to get you to do oh i have friends who live there so if i go i'm a hundred percent finding somewhere to stay for free yeah Yeah. okay so i feel like you had mentioned before correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. your assault because it is a topic of the podcast although Mm -hmm. like what that was in college right for Mm -hmm. you okay well how did that happen can you walk us through that journey so you grew up catholic and now you're branching off and you're going to this outrageous college and being <laughs> such a rebel and you're pursuing this passion and, and creativity and all these things that are already sort of out of bounds and then I feel like then you walk into this other like mm-hmm. sort of um, what sort I'm looking for like extricating experience I guess if you yeah. I feel like I misuse that word but it's fine nobody's gonna google it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I went to um, Emerson And my first weekend there, I got hospitalized because I was so drunk. And it was the first time I've really experienced alcohol because I lived with my family when I was in community college. Okay. And, like, that was just something that, like, wasn't allowed to happen in my family. Or, like, if I... Drinking at all? Yeah, my family doesn't drink at all. Yeah, they're, like, very... It's, like, almost bizarre because... I don't know how to explain it, but they don't drink or do anything. They don't have, like, any vices. They don't, like, smoke cigarettes. I don't think they've ever actually been drunk in their entire lives. Like, it's crazy. Um, So whenever I would get drunk as, like, a 19-year-old, I would always have to be like, oh, well, I have to go back home tonight. Mm. So, like, I can't get that drunk. And then my first weekend, I was like, fuck it. Like, no one's here. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was playing Flip Cup, which I didn't even, with vodka, which is, I because I didn't know mm. what, like, vodka was, you know? So, yeah, I got really hungover <laughs> and I thought I was dying when I got hungover because I never felt that way so I like admitted myself in the emergency girl better safe so than sorry yeah. better safe than sorry <laughs> it was a great like I'm gonna die my first weekend of college of course <laughs> which is what my pa- family probably thought was gonna happen to me anyway confirming all their fears um so yeah that was that uh but then I just kind of became a party girl um because I was like this is so much fun and like no one can stop me now yeah so uh I was partying all the time because um, I had, like, no rules. And I also worked my whole life, like, through school. Mm-hmm. And my family let me, the first semester, not have a job, which was, like, I've never experienced that yeah. before because always, I've always worked so hard. Um, but then after that, they're like, yeah, you're going to have to get a job. And I was like, that's chill, I get it. Um, but, yeah, I was just partying all the time. Like, I didn't even care about school at this point. I was like, who cares? Like, I'm going to graduate anyway. Um, but then... I, uh, since I transferred in, I didn't have enough credits to graduate in the two years on Mm. time and I had to take summer credits. Okay. And then they had a study abroad program that was the amount of credits that I needed extra and it was the same cost, but I would just do the class in France and then, yeah, exactly. It was the same cost and it counted with the food that you were going to eat as well as your boarding there. 
Oh my god! Yeah, so yes, I was like, why of wouldn't course. you do exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So I also I've taken French uh, all throughout high school. Okay. Because I was even rebelling against like speaking Spanish. Like it's just silly. <laughs> uh, so I took French in high school, and I actually instead of having like a quinceanera or a sweet 16, the high school that I had had another trip that went to Paris and my family just put me on that trip as opposed to like spending $10,000 for like five hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got a scholarship uh, to the study abroad program and then I had a boyfriend at the time and then I was like, oh, you should, like if you don't get into this or if you don't want to go to this class, like you should meet me in Paris because I was studying um, in southern France and then my scholarship was that they just paid for my round trip ticket, which was oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, That's of amazing. course. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, if I'm, they're paying for my ticket, I'm just going to stay an extra week because that would be silly not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just go to Paris. And then I was like, oh, I'll go to Paris by myself. So, um, well, I mean, as an independent woman, I support this dream. But... Yeah, but I also was like 19. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at first the plan was my boyfriend was going to meet me there. So I had to like schedule the trips like weight advanced and then he ended up not being able to come and I was like well I'm I'm still gonna go so like that's fine so then I ended up going and then it was like my first two weeks I was studying French and then I took a train from southern France um up to Paris and then I was staying in a hostel Mm -hmm. um and then at the hostel uh I there was like a whole group of American people and like of like Australians and other people who spoke English and then I became really good friends with everyone and then we were hanging out the first, like, three days. And then I was there for seven days. And then for whatever reason, like, the fourth day, like, everyone left at the same time. And then it was, like, just me and this other guy who, like, we got along and everything was fine. Um, so then, like, the next two days, we, uh, since we were the only people we knew, we just, like, spent the whole time together. And he was, a, like, a frat boy from uh, some school in Texas that I don't remember. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, like, this is great. At least I'm, like, with another American, and, like, I feel, like, semi-safe, whatever. So we, like, spent the whole days together, and then the last night, because he was going to leave to Belgium the next day, he ended up taking me out to dinner and, like, ended up paying for it, which is, like, a weird part of the story that people keep bringing up, Hmm. but whatever. Um, so, so we had a dinner and everything, and then we ended up kissing, and then I was like, hey, I don't want this. And also, I was drunk at this point, which is mm. also semi-important. And this was the night before everything happened. Very important. Yeah. yeah. So I was drunk and, like, like two bottles of champagne drunk in Paris. <laughs> like, you know, like, had, like, this amazing day. And then I was just like, listen, like, I have a boyfriend. I'm not going to see you after tomorrow. Like, this is stupid. I don't want to continue this. And those are, like, my exact words. And he's yeah. like, yeah, 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 of course. So then that night's over. And then the next day, um, my hostel that I was staying in, uh, they had, like, a free breakfast. Well, I mean, I guess most places do that. But they had a free breakfast. So then I ended up seeing him there. And then, of course, like, everyone in my hostel room, so I was in a room with, like, I, it was three bunk beds, and then everyone in the room had left except me, mm. which is also crazy. Um, so I saw him, and then we were talking about it, and then he was like, oh, like, I'm sorry for last night. And I was like, not a big deal. It's whatever. This is, like, 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um and he and he was like, oh, yeah, well, like, I'm leaving later to Belgium, like, if you want to do something beforehand. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So then, like, he ended up going back into my hostel room because I was still getting ready. And then um, then that's where the assault take place. Mm. And then he kept trying to. And then at this point, I was completely sober. It was, like, 11 in the morning. Yeah. And also, like, 
when I referenced myself being a party girl, like, I did at, like, when I was 19, like, dress a certain way that, like, might be considered, like, promiscuous, but, like, when this happened to me, like, I was, like, fully covered because I was, like, I'm in a different country. I don't know what the protocol is here so like I'm just gonna play it safe and like be fully covered and also no matter how it, you dress it's never an invitation for us of all. course yeah but people like to bring that up yeah you know well, so people always, can <laughs> suck a bag of you know what yeah people always like to bring that up and that also like is what made me so mad about the whole situation or it made me realize the truth about the situation because I even felt a little naive to it mm. where I was like, okay, so I was not drunk. It was in the morning. I was technically safe. Like, I was in a safe place. I wasn't, like, walking in the middle of the night. And, like, I was fully covered head to toe and, like, wasn't promiscuous. Which, unfortunately, after I explained to people the assault, those were, like, the first questions they asked me. Like... That's so silly that that's... Like, that someone's response might be... And a lot of people might respond empathetically, but that anyone's response would be to justify somehow mm-hmm. that that happened for a reason or was invited in any way. Like, well, how were you dressed? Well, what time of day was it? Like, mm-hmm. but that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Like, mm, okay, yeah. you know, this stuff makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Because I've certainly a faced a lot of that myself, so. Yeah. yeah. I always say that I feel like uh, it was like people's reactions towards me for so long after it all was like, I think hurt me way more than the assault itself. Mm. Um, But yeah, yeah. so that happened. And then like when the assault took place, like I specifically said, no, please stop. No, I don't want this. And I was like screaming it. Mm -hmm. So there was like no confusion on whether or not I wanted to do it, you know? And I like, I said no, like, Five times. Yeah. Not like a playful tease, you know, like, mm, no. Yeah. Like, no. I was like, no. But yes. No. You're like, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So then after that happened, he like left and was like, I'll always remember you. And I was like, that's Ew, really weird. What? <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, that's very bizarre. That's messed up. Yeah. But yeah, that was like. Oh, God. Yeah. And then I ended up like, when he left, I like vomited because I was like, what just happened? And then. Were there no, I'm curious. Um employees at the hostel to hear this so because you're in such a public place in the middle of the day i'm so amazed that like no one walked in on this or something i don't think so well because so the hostel it was like um there was a courtyard in the middle of all the rooms okay so then there's probably just people in the courtyard eating but then because it is a hostel i don't think that like the walls were that thin, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but like, well, no architecture one in Europe is much denser than here, where it's all drywall and mm-hmm. like stud boards. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Dang. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. The rashness <laughs> on his part is insane. Yeah. Like, and then like, what was even, well, what was scary was that I knew he left right to Belgium. I was like, okay, I knew the Amanda Knox story, and this is going in a completely different direction. (laughs) But, like, the whole thing was that she was in a different place when all of these things were happening to her. Mm -hmm. I took two weeks of French. Like, I don't know how to speak French. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to accidentally say something or, like, if, like, there's a culture difference. And I don't want to deal with French police when I'm leaving in, like, 24 hours, you know? Was that going through your head, the thought of reporting him? Yeah, 100%. Because then another guy that um, I made friends with who was there came up to me and like was like are you like are you okay mm. because we were supposed to go see the Moulin Rouge that night oh. and then I was like yeah like I was like I think this like weird thing happened to me because I still like didn't want mm. to think 
that that happened to me, even though I knew what it was. As far as, like, what the label would have a connotation of then? Yeah. If, like, if you're like, I was assaulted, like, yeah. what that does to how people see you, or what was that, com- where was that coming from? I just didn't even think I was raped for a long, like, so I called my, it, it sounds so crazy, so I called my boyfriend immediately when he left, mm-hmm. and I was like, this weird thing happened to me, like, I don't know what it is, because in my mind, like, rape was scarier than that. Hmm. That makes sense. Like, in my mind, when I thought of someone getting raped, I thought of someone getting roofied at a party, getting, like, violently, whatever. Like, I had Hmm. other friends who were assaulted who, like, had, like, like, very violent things happen to them. Sure, yeah. And mine was only, like, a 45-second ordeal. Hmm. And I was, like... I, 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 I thought it was a darker thing than what it is. And I think that's why, mm. especially with the Me Too movement and when you're hearing other stories and, like, how other girls respond to things, you're like, oh, that, like, that guy did do that to me. Like, that is kind of weird mm. that he did that as opposed to thinking that guys acted that way. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Like, Go into that a little bit more. I get yeah. what you're saying, but, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I knew I said no, but I felt like because I knew him and he wasn't, like, a scary stranger mm. and because I, like, trusted him to hang out with him for two days... That, like, or even when he was, like, I'll always remember you. Like, even the way he acted about it, I was, like, was that what that was? Or, like, did I cheat on my boyfriend without knowing it? Mm. If that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're at the point now, both of us in, like, culture a lot, where we can look at that and be, like, no, this is what that was. Mm -hmm. But being in that moment, what's Mm -hmm. happening, I totally get that mindset. Because I had a very similar thing happen where I was, like, seeing a guy mm-hmm. essentially and then there was a night where he was drunk and I was taking care of him and he mm-hmm. spent the night over and in the middle of the night like just decided that that was a great time for him to have sex with me and we hadn't had sex yet at this point because oh. I was like I'm not ready like let's wait let's keep dating let's get to know each other whatever mm-hmm. like I have a past with assault already mm-hmm. like let's take it slow and all my girlfriends afterwards were like you were assaulted yeah. like you said no he was having sex with you in the middle of the night without your permission and you verbalized a no but in my head, I was like, yeah, but I like that person. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it maybe in the future. Like, we were seeing each other. Like, mm-hmm. it got so mixed up that I was like... a scary stranger, yeah. Yeah, not a scary stranger. And I had spent time and mm-hmm. enjoyed this person's company. And so, been on dates with this person that I... I don't, it honestly took me months to be able to admit, like, yeah, that was assault. Because yeah. consent was removed. Like, yeah. regardless of where our relationship status was or if I knew him or didn't. Once no has been verbalized... That's yeah. then we're in like assault territory at that point. That's kind of where I've been drawing the line with it. But in point to say, like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also such a girl mentality of things because you're like, oh, like, but I trusted him. Like, why would he do this to me? Um, mm. But yeah, so then that all happened. And then I also just didn't want to like deal with the police at all, you know. In a foreign country, in a foreign like, country. Especially, and knowing that he's like boom, in Belgium. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. It was, it, and also it sounds like a drama too. It's just so crazy. Like, even when I say it, it's like, then he went to Belgium and then, like, I was in a hostel in Paris and, like, da 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 da. But honestly, I feel like that probably happens a lot. Yeah. It ha- and it, it does. And I found that out later that there is, like, a, the embassy has a sexual assault line that you can call the mm. U.S. embassy. But, like, at that time, I didn't know. And That's I was good like, to know. I'm leaving in 24 hours and I just. Yeah, and I, you're 19, you said? I'm 19. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't. I don't know. It, it was scary, and I was like, I'd rather just go home mm. and just, like, figure it out. Out of curiosity, what did your boyfriend say? Oh, that's a, that's another important part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when I called him, he was like, okay, like, so, like, did you get raped? And I was like, I don't know is what I... So I get back to the States, and then I went... Um, 
and saw him. So he was in Boston, but I was going back to New York because then now this was summer. Okay. Um, and then we ended up going to a music festival together. And then like two days later in Nashville, and that's where I saw him again. So then I was still in denial and I still didn't tell anyone about what happened. Um, only my best friend. Um, mm. And she was also, uh, she got assaulted. So she was like, okay, like you should really think about this. Mm. And and then I feel like I have survivor's guilt too, where I'm like, oh, mine wasn't as bad as other people, which is something that like mm. I have to also learn how to say. But anyway, uh, so when I saw him again, we were camp. It was a festival where you camp. And then he tried to have sex with me like in the tent. And I was like, I don't think I, I like, I like couldn't physically, like he physically couldn't get inside of me. Mm. And then I was just like, Oh, like that's weird. Like, I don't think I want to have sex right now. And then he was like, Oh, so like other guys could get inside of you, but I can't. What? Yeah. The heck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> okay, like that was weird. Um, uh, all right. So then like that all happened. And then I was, very upset so then I, I like left and like went into like the music and stuff and then he was like honestly asked like if you cheated on me like you just have to tell me like you don't have to make up this whole story and what? I was like dude I was like I didn't make up this whole story like this is a very spe- these are very specific things that I told you that happened like I didn't come up with this um but yeah he was like I don't know I like called my friends and like my parents about it and like they don't know if they believe you or something. It was it was something insane. Mm. So I was like, okay. And then he ended up getting like really, really drunk um, at night and then ended up in front of like everyone is in the crowd, like pushing me to the ground and calling me like a cunt and a slut for like doing this to him. Jeez. Yeah. So then oh I God. was yeah. I'm so sorry. That it was you had a, to go through that. Yeah, it was a That's very horrific. rough summer. Yeah. It was yeah. awful. Um so then I was like, okay, this is over. Because, I mean, at this point, I've watched enough television to know, like, the first time that someone hits you, especially, like, when he was drunk like that. Like, I was like, this. there's no way that this could get better. And I'm sure if I stay in this relationship, like, it's only going to get worse. And also, like, what a terrible way to react to something terrible happening to me. Yeah. yeah. And also making it about himself. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was the entire Literally not about thing. you at all. Yeah. <laughs> You can just show up and be a comfort and, mm-hmm. like, loving and an ear to listen, but not to be, like, make it about yourself somehow. Mm-hmm. So he did. And um, mm. then I was stuck with him in this festival for, like, two more days. And then all the friends I went with were like, yeah, and, like, you're making it really awkward for us because, like, we're all here. It was so awkward. Oh I was like, God. you guys fucking suck. <laughs> This is, like, worst-case yeah. scenario all around, and the empath in me is just hurting so hard for you. Because yeah. I'm like, this is not okay. Why is no one here for you right now? Mm-hmm. I, like, pretended on I pretended to be his girlfriend for the next two days. He is, like, 6'3 and, like, super built. I'm not a small girl, but, like, he was way bigger than I was. Yeah, that's big. Uh, that's a big guy. Next to anyone. Yeah. yeah. I, like, if I don't pretend to be nice to him and, like, be loving to him, like, he's gonna fucking kill me mm. at this point. Because, like, I already had this one horrendous thing happen to a stranger, and it's, like, this guy that I knew, like, did that to me. Like, what else is gonna happen? Mm-hmm. So then I, like, played it cool and to, like, make my friends feel comfortable at the music festival mm. for the next two days. And, like, we were fine. And then the minute uh, he dropped me off, I texted him. And I was like, this is done. Like... I I don't want this anymore. So then going into my senior year, like I just like went off the rails, like Mm. truly off the rails. Like I was like doing Coke, like every like two days it felt like, like I was like 
drinking. I did Xanax for a little bit, which was really scary. And I just had like all of these crazy like addiction issues, but then also being the annoying like only child that I am and all of my friends were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like worry about yourself. And then I was like acting out and then like being mean, just like classic mm. um, symptoms. And then being really promiscuous. Cause I was like, well, cause then my ex-boyfriend decided to tell everyone I was like a slut. So I was like, well, mm. if everyone thinks I'm a slut, like I might as well act like one, you know? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, so I did, and then I hated myself, and, like, I made a lot of stupid mistakes. I, like, lost a lot of friends. Like, totally, totally, like, my fault. And, like, I'll never blame them for that. Because yeah. uh, I was just an awful person, because I, like, didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so all of that happened. And then, like, my ex-boyfriend kept trying to get back together with me. And I was like, this is, like... Why? After he spread all those rumors about you? <laughs> like... <laughs> First of all, do you yeah. think actually that's going to happen? And second of all, what? It, it doesn't it seem like you want to. Yeah. So yeah, all of that happened. And then I ended up going to LA and then like still not doing well. And then the next like three years of my life has been me like trying to figure out like how to form relationships with people. Mm. I mean, I still have a problem like having a monogamous relationship with someone I feel like after a certain point, I just, like, don't even know how to be, like, intimate with that person anymore. Mm. So, like, the next three years, because uh, I guess this happened three four years ago, or four years ago now, um, was me just, like, still doing drugs all the time. And, like, not, like, heroin or anything. I'm not saying that that's, there's a level of it. But, yeah. like, just me, like, doing, like, coke and, like, drinking all the time and, like, smoking all the time. And then I worked at a talk show that dealt with sexual assault and addiction mm. a daytime talk show and then my job is to like talk to these girls and to do a bunch of research that um you know would go with the stories yeah and it was a lot of girls who like got battered by their boyfriends or like did this and like you know assaulted and like how now you know they became like heroin addicts because like they were trying to find something and then the like six months on that show was just like the worst. I hmm. would like just be at my desk and just like stare at the screen for hours and like not do any of my work. And like I was awful. Like I couldn't like I like forgot how to think there. And hmm. I would just like sit there and like cry at <laughs> my desk. And everyone was like, what is wrong with this girl? And like I still didn't even put two and two together. Like that's what was affecting me. Yeah. Um, so then I rightfully got fired from that job. <laughs> Rightfully so. And then I was like, all right, like, I get it. <laughs> I, like, didn't do anything. Um, and then I kind of, then I went through, like, a weird breakup, well, like, a big breakup with someone. And then I, like, lost my mind last year. Like, lost my mind in January. Um, or it was, like, January, February. And then all of a sudden my friend was like, you should go to church. Mm. And I was like, no, like, at this point I've had enough of God. What I was telling you last time about how, like, people have been saying that, like, rape is, like, a God-driven thing, or God's will or whatever, and, like, oh. it's just, like, yeah. crazy things like that, and, like, how I felt like the church was, like, reacting to, like, the Me Too movement, which I didn't think it was necessarily the, the best stance they took on it, and all of those things, and I was like, I don't want to deal with God right now, like, me and him, we have an ugly past, especially mm. in Catholic school, but he was like, you should just go, like, if you don't like it, you, you don't have to go again, and I was like, okay, fine. So then I went to Mosaic and then was, like, crying the entire time. Mm. Like, totally, like, felt something. And then I was just like, okay, like, that was crazy. 
And then I ended up going the next week, and they do the random baptisms there. Hmm, I didn't and, know they did that. Yeah, so they do, like, like every third Sunday or something, they put a, a, a tub of water, like, in a pool outside of Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. outside of their campus. And then, like, you don't plan it. They just are like, we have it, so if you want to hmm. get baptized, to go. Like, there's no pressure. And then, like, they called it, like, a, a water grave. Hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, and like, I mean... If it was so easy for me to, like, randomly do drugs when I... You know what I mean? Like, if it was easy for me to randomly do drugs and then, like, randomly sleep with people, like, I think you could get baptized. Like, what is the worst that can happen? But, like, that freaks people out. Like, even when when everyone, like, asks me, like, how long have you been going here? It was, like, a week. And they're, like, what? <laughs> and they're, like, oh, like, this is my first time and I've been going here for six months. And then I said, like, before I went out, I was, like, God, like, I'm doing this. Like, you just need to free me. Like, I am so over all of this. Mm. And then three days later, I got a Facebook message from the guy who assaulted me. No and it was way. just like, yeah. And it was like, hey. Were you guys friends on Facebook? He just found you. Well, so we were friends on Facebook. But then uh, he ended up blocking me because I tried to reach out to him to tell him about how, like, what happened. Mm-hmm. But then what I found out later was that, so I had um, my ex-boyfriend gave, lended me his camera. And I was, like, taking pictures. And, like, I happened to take a picture of him. And mm-hmm. then I never got the pictures back. Uh, and then my ex-boyfriend, like, found the pictures of him and then found him on my Facebook somehow. And then messaged him that he was, like, going to sue him or something. Hmm. It was, like, something crazy. So then he blocked me, so I was never able to talk to him. Okay. Um, and then he found me again and okay. messaged me on Facebook. And then when I saw his name, I was like, I don't even know who this name is. Like, who is this mm. person? And then I was, like, reading it, and I was like, oh, my God. That's crazy. So he was like, can I fly out and, like, see you? Because I want to apologize to you. What? Yeah. And then I was just like, okay. And then I was like, yeah, but like we're gonna meet in a public place. And <laughs> like obviously. Um, and at the time, he is working in San Francisco. Okay. So he came out here last April, and then wrote me like a five-page apology letter, talking about like what he thought was happening, and how at first he was really mad at me because he thought I was like also making it up because in his mind he thought that like we were in like some romantic comedy. And that we were both in love with each other, which is also crazy because I said no a million times, but whatever. Um, yeah, that yeah, that's it, indicative of fantasy in his mind. Yeah, and then and then he was like, and then after I realized what I had done to you, and like really thought about it, like I've like tried to kill myself a bunch, and like all of it was like, all of these things. But then like the last lines were like, I'm sorry that like my actions has probably caused such a domino effect of horror in your life. Damn right it does. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like, I forgive you Mm. because like, I also felt so lucky to, um, have someone acknowledge what they have done. Cause I feel like that's also like a a point that it's really upsetting to women that guys are like not admitting to it. Yeah. I would say that's kind of rare to have an experience where someone who's assaulted you comes back and is like, Hey, yeah, I've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. This has been whatever, you know, whether it's genuine or not, you know, you hope always try not to be too cynical that yeah. it's like, wow, yeah. I got an apology from this. Never expected that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I never thought I'd see him again. Yeah. Um, and it did seem very genuine. Hmm. And then, then he talked about like him and like him and his relationships and how like they have been working out. Kind of found it 
that it all had to do with like this thing that he didn't want to acknowledge that he's done. I don't want to give him too much credit, but I thought it was really brave because like the first line in the letter was like, three years ago I raped you, which is like proof to the cops if I ever wanted to go to them. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right there in writing, like this guy said this to me, apologize. And like that whole encounter was like 30 minutes and my friend drove me in. I was like, I, I forgive you. And then we both just like sat on the bench crying. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, I'm going to go now, but like have fun, I guess. And then since then I felt like actually like free or, but then I keep like, there's obviously a lot of things that I should acknowledge, but like that for like that apology was like life changing for me. Mm. Cause I mean, I even convinced myself for a lot. Like sometimes I would get really fucked up and convince myself that I was making the whole thing up because that's what everyone kept telling me. Mm, yeah. And then like to have the person acknowledge that it happened was like life changing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, my experience with it. That's crazy. Yeah. What? Jeez. I have like so many feelings, <laughs> mostly just my heart exploding for you because mm. I can't help it. But just, I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, your story really epitomizes the problem that we're mm -hmm. still working through like culturally and independently as men and women going through assault of of having like for example and when I was going through assault I was lucky enough to have people believe and just support and be right there but mm -hmm. that is 100% not a lot of people's stories yeah and and the fact that in one of your most vulnerable moments you'll probably ever experience in your life <laughs> where that's what you need the most is support mm -hmm. that you didn't have that community stepping in you had people questioning it questioning you, how did you maybe invite it? What was maybe mm -hmm. like situationally allowing for this to happen that you chose? Or, and it frustrates me to know and that that's still happening out there. But also I think really beautiful that you don't seem to carry any shame about like the journey that you've gone through yeah. with this. Because like it, it's going to be a journey afterwards. Like I would love to meet the person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm saying this facetiously. This is kind of terrible to say. But like I'd be interested <laughs> to meet the person who goes through sexual assault and then is like, I'm fine, everything's great, I forgive everyone. It never, like, happened and genuinely means it, means it and goes back to life and doesn't have any sort of, like, then turn on vices or sexuality mm -hmm. or promiscuity or whatever it ends up being. That's gonna happen if you're dealing with it. Because if not, the only way I see that happening is you just suppress, not you, but, like, mm -hmm. the royal, you just, like, suppressing everything and bottling it up and pretending nothing happened, not addressing it and letting it out and let that hurt express itself essentially to mm -hmm. be able to work through it um, I guess I'm curious about the the return to faith in all this when you said you you went to church that first time and you were like feeling stuff like mm -hmm. was it a feeling of like being seen I went to a really catholic church which I feel like is just like celebrating sadness it's like you walk into <laughs> you like walk into it and like jesus is like hanging up with like blood all over him and it's like mm. and it's all like very static and there's no life mm. and that's what was such a turn off to me and it felt like where i grew up it felt like if you challenged any of the norms like you were like banished or like you're mm. not a good catholic um and then i was like i don't want to be a good catholic so i don't really care but with <laughs> with um with mosaic or just like a, a branch of Christianity, I've never experienced like happy music at church. Hmm. I've never experienced like lights and positive thinking. Seeing a bunch of young people who look like me and like wasn't dressed in like Sunday garb was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, the community that they set up was there. And I think specifically 
it was the sermon and it was talking about how your consciousness is the Holy Spirit whenever mm. you have a good thought or it was like something related to that and how like you're like you're the Holy Spirit because like you know what's good but you don't always listen to that intuition of mm-hmm. yours and it was like I think of it as gut yeah like when I think of Holy Spirit I'm like it's my gut essentially because whenever I ignore my gut usually mm-hmm. bad things happen and when I listen to it mm-hmm. it like leads in a positive way then I'm like there's something in slash outside of me that yeah. I can't describe it's just a feeling yeah and it seems to be right almost every time yeah every single time yeah and then I was like okay and then it was talking but yeah he was talking about how like you know like like vulnerability and how like you're hurting and just whatever that sermon was like really spoke to me specifically gotcha. and I just had it like all of my friends a majority of my friends are atheists mm-hmm. like I went to an art school or Jewish so like yes they- <laughs> God bless Jews God bless I love them. Jewish people yeah and but they were also like just Jewish by like community like they yeah, weren't yeah. practicing so I just wasn't around a lot of spirituality like the only spirituality I've been around were like people talking about horoscopes and stuff <laughs> so like I just like kind of missed that and then I missed the sense of a community to some degree especially if people who believe the same thing of you and it seemed like they all had hope which is something I felt like I lost mm. um and I think the idea of like hope and like things could get better if you work on it at this point for me I was like I like I need to do something because obviously everything I'm doing is like not working and like Mm. not good for me so I should probably chill I was really happy that that all happened and then it it kind of brought me a little closer to my family because then I was Mm, back on the bandwagon of God but then I was still (laughs) (laughs) the Jesus trail wagon But then, like, I mean, I still have, like, I mean, we all do my things with, like, the church. But I was, I'm happy that I was able to distinguish um, church and spirituality. Yeah, because there that, is a difference, like, organized religion yeah. versus, like, a personal experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in a monogamous relationship with my boyfriend, and it's still hard for me to have sex sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I just, like, get, I get freaked out by it. Or, like, by connection it freaks me out and I was like okay I'm not as as fixed as I thought I was but like at least I have like a good base ground and now I can go and like get help about this thing that's happening to me or even like psychologically like um I don't know if you're a big fan of Chelsea Handler, but I she, like her. Yeah, yeah. So she, for better or worse, I hate to admit it, but I do. I enjoy a ballsy woman. I can't yeah, help it. I I love her, and she was talking about how the reason she was so aggressive towards men was because she was so afraid of them. Hmm. And I was like, that is so me because I am so terrified of men that I like do everything to make them not even look at me Hmm. or like if they look at me like I'm like a little chihuahua and like I'm barking back (laughs) like I just like get so fed up with it but then also I'm like okay you're gonna get shot one day if you keep doing this like but (laughs) literally me two years years ago one of my guy friends was like I'm legitimately worried about your safety yeah stop picking fights with grown-ass men I got so mad at him at first and I sat with him and I was like, you right. You're probably right, yeah. Like, there's a point where um, I was taking the train to my old job and, like, guys would, you know, like, guys just stare at you because they think you're not going to do anything back. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it always happens to me in public transportation, so then I just started taking out my phone and, like, videotaping them. Oh, my God, I love that so much. (laughs) But then I was like, okay, one day, because, like, I mean, it's still, like, the train, so there are, like, people Mm -hmm. who aren't there all the time. Um, so I was like, one of these guys are going to, like, shank me one of these days if I keep doing what is 
But yeah, it's like that aggressive. What up now? What? what? Yeah, I'm like, what what are you looking at? Or like, I've said that. I was like, are you okay? Like, can I help you? And then they're like, oh, it was like, all right. But yeah, I was like, I gotta relax. But yeah, I was like learning like why I'm so aggressive towards guys or like why I'm so anti like anything super masculine. Like I don't want to watch any sports. I don't want to do any like Mm. it, it. Like all of these weird. Um, personality traits I just grew out of being assaulted. I was like, I really need to fix. No, this. that happens. Yeah. It's interesting that you're describing going that way with it because I feel like I went the the in the same exact vein, but the opposite really? direction of that of going super tomboy, mm-hmm. super broy, just to be like, see, I'm not a woman. Don't look at me. Mm-hmm. Like, see, there's nothing that you want here. Look, I'm just one of the guys. See, so. Now this will never happen because you won't even see me as a woman. It's just like yeah. I'm one of the bros. Okay, we're gonna tiptoe back into this and like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know why I went. No, because I was saying that my personality became just so yes. hyper feminine. Where I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I don't want to go to a sports bar with a bunch of crazy guys drinking beer. Like that sounds terrifying. Like I just became so like for a little bit, like, anti-men to the point mm-hmm. where it was, like, not okay, you know? Because yeah. it was, like, I don't feel like how to check not all men. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's true. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of guys I know, and I think it'll phase out of, like, an angry phase or whatever, but I think a lot of guys I know feel frustrated, I'll say. Maybe not angry, but frustrated mm-hmm. with the fact that sometimes they get thrown under a bus. I actually love men a lot. Mm-hmm. Probably when I went so bro I was like, men are great. <laughs> but men are great. But, um... And it was at Easter, a bunch of us, like, guys and girlfriends, we all went out to brunch. And because it was majority girls, the conversation went to, like, love lives, who's dating who, how are things going, we're catching up. And it got to a point where there's a couple of single ones of us where it got a little bit that way. Like, the mm-hmm. conversation started veering towards, well, you know, guys, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're so dumb, you got to lead them right to it kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. And then I felt bad about it afterwards. I was like, you know what? That was not okay. Like, it was a feeling that I had, but not all feelings are truth. Yeah. And my guy friends are that were there are wonderful men, and now mm-hmm. they're going to leave that conversation feeling like women hate men. Yeah. When I know that they're wonderful and need to acknowledge your value. And so message one of them afterwards was like, hey, by the way, I'm sorry about that. Like, yeah. I got all call up, caught up in the moment of the conversation, but, like, that wasn't fair because I know you're an incredible guy. I'm yeah. very deserving of a relationship. And funnily enough, he said that he the whole time was feeling guilt about probably not acknowledging a lot of toxic masculinity in, it, in his own life, so mm-hmm. it all was fine. But, yeah, I think it's important to, like, stand up for what's behaviorally not okay in a pattern that we see mm-hmm. in whether ourselves as women or in men, but also to not slip down the slippery slope of being oh men suck yeah and sometimes I do feel because I talk about how much I hate guys to my boyfriend all the time and I was like I got it I gotta chill I was like you're not one of them though you get it haha but um yeah it's hard because then also it's like if I'm in a room with a bunch of guys and they're all talking about how like girls suck I'm gonna be like what the like yeah yeah you know what's a way I'm curious Mm because I feel like we should always leave conversations like this with tools for people listening to, because the whole point is like growth through community. Mm-hmm. Um, what are ways that men in your life, whether like romantic or just like friends or whatever, mm-hmm. have been able to uh, be a positive force in your life after this or like be encouraging or help with healing or whatever, mm-hmm. especially coming from a place where you're openly being like, I hate men. <laughs> How have, have you had positive experiences with that? I think, um, so I guess the best example would be my boyfriend. If I don't want to have sex, he will not have sex with me like and that sounds so simple but like if he's in the mood and I'm just simply not Mm. he won't pressure me he won't keep going on because I've been in other like situations where the guy takes that as like oh well I'm gonna like 
sweep you off your feet and yeah. like pull some like Rico Suave moves and it's like no I don't want to do this right now mm. so just listening um listening to women and understanding why we're so afraid and like what our defenses are mm. I feel like is important but for women I think it's really important to build to learn how to be un like I don't want to say untriggered by it but when I was in the heart of it all I felt like my PTSD was so bad. Like if, if I saw like a material or if I heard something about it, I would like freeze up. And I think my biggest tool in growing was like learning how to not make this conversation so triggering for myself. And I think that if more girls learned how to do that, the conversations would be better because they'll be able to one, speak up about it and two, like report it. And three, like, they'll be able to understand like why they're feeling a certain way as opposed to like breaking down. But with guys, like my guy, like my guy friends were asking me the most awful questions. Like a lot of them were like, Oh, like, but he bought you dinner. And I was just like, I don't know why hmm. I'm supposed to have sex with someone because they bought me dinner. Like, yeah. Cause then you have to see any, any kindness in a romantic moment as like an expectation of something mm -hmm. else, like a contract mm -hmm. instead of just, someone doing a kind thing for someone. It's yeah. like, well, I dissed for you, now you owe me this. Yeah. Which I'm sure there are guys that do not feel that way because I've met them, but I definitely mm -hmm. have also met plenty of men who do. So. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think there's a difference between, like, giving someone a compliment and making someone feel uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's no knock on, like, shooting your shot. I think mm -hmm. it's there's a difference in if you're interested in someone for guys or girls of being, like, just direct and polite and mm -hmm. not creepy and be like, I don't know, however you want to do like, hey, I've noticed you, you seem really cool, like, would you ever be interested in grabbing a drink or coffee or something? Then, like, <laughs> circling around them yeah. and, like, putting off a weird energy. I just wish that guys called out their other guy friends when they're doing that, because I feel like I've seen that a bunch, so yeah. I think that'd be my opinion. No, I think that's fair. Like, a fair yeah. thing to say is for men to, like, start forming intentional accountability. Like, mm -hmm. not, hey, and women should do it, too, because mm -hmm. we don't always do it with each other, but... Yeah, in general, like, that's why community, amongst a plethora of reasons, I think is so important is mm -hmm. because if you're only filtering through yourself mm -hmm. to find truth or whatever reader room, whatever it is, like, you might not be reading it right. Like, mm -hmm. but if there's someone there, if you someone you can trust, who's like, hey, let's just, let's just, let's just saddle, saddle on over here to the left and leave this person alone. Because uh, sometimes you don't see it, especially if you're drunk. Mm -hmm. Alcohol, as fun as it is, it also impairs judgment science yeah <laughs> just does like mm -hmm. some of my funnest moments have been while drinking and some of my most regrettable moments have been drinking because my filter is just out the window 50 miles away yeah not ever as an excuse for bad behavior or assault yeah. ever not an excuse for it so thanks to all the guy friends out there <laughs> keeping your drunk friends from being weird that's our psa um okay last couple questions what are, or do you even have, I mm -hmm. guess, any sort of daily, weekly little practices that sort of help you feel like you're still going after, like, joy and life? And it could be something super silly mm -hmm. or something more serious. Like, yeah, so um, I actually take, uh, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, like, those dance classes of the girls in heels at yes! the playground. <gasps> yes! So 
I was afraid to be sexy, which is something that like I like enjoy like I enjoy like that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was taking away from me because I was so afraid I was gonna get like assaulted again by someone. So I started taking these like heel classes and I'm not classically trained at all or like I did a bunch of theater, but like it, it was just like, you know, like a jazz yeah, box. Yeah. Like <laughs> just say it. <laughs> so like no- nothing ever serious, but I always loved dance and then it was really it was so fun to be in a room full of women and like everyone that the class is like a video vixen they're all like Chris mm-hmm. Brown music oh girl I've seen those videos yeah. <laughs> like, and then there's how me. do I be you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like dressed like this and they have like the whole like face of makeup because mm-hmm. like they do like that is their career and I feel like I'm just like dropping in to have a good time but yeah. like um that class has made me feel so like sexy and fun you yeah know? in a safe way in a, yeah. the safest way ever where it's like I could do like these really sexy moves and have so much fun with it's even it's helped me with my confidence so much more it's like helped me be able to like get outside my head because the first couple classes I was just like oh my god these girls are so good and like mm-hmm. I'm like these are their jobs and I'm just like here to be a thought on the like, <laughs> floor and like what am yes, I doing <laughs> but um I think those classes have like really um They've really changed me. Oh, that totally yeah. makes sense. I've been thinking about it so seriously this year of doing one of them because I watch those videos on Instagram all the time. I'm like, I want to do that. Because mm-hmm. any way I feel like that you can find to healthily explore your sexual, that sexual side of yourself where mm-hmm. it feels safe or whatever mm-hmm. is so important. Because mm-hmm. also I feel like that's harder to find than people think it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then last but not least... Were there something, mm-hmm. now that you're in a much more healthy place and are working through things and, and speaking up about it, were you to be able to tell yourself something, like write yourself a letter or sit down and have a conversation with yourself the day after it happened? What is maybe something from mm-hmm. where you're at now and what you've learned and where you've grown to that you might share with yourself? It, I think it would be like, um, stop questioning the truth. I had so many people make me believe that I was like a slut you know Mm. and that I was asking for this thing and then I I just spent so many years questioning my truth I was just like oh am I actually like a pathological liar I get to certain points and then I'm like oh you don't deserve any of this like Mm. you know like like imposter syndrome almost yeah Yeah. and then I felt like imposter syndrome with like everything like I questioned my friendships I'm like maybe this person like doesn't even like me like they just feel bad for me like Mm. everyone just feels bad for me like no one wants Mm. to be my friend like seek help and recognize that like you were you and the person were the only people who were there and you are the only one who knows the truth or even also like how everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. like me getting fired from my job was the most important moment of my life so far Mm. um because I was able to sit back and be like why weren't you good at this like you got your dream job and like why weren't you good at this and then I was able to be I was able to put a lot of pieces together if I were to like summarize a lot of what you've been saying of your journey after your assault has been once you sort of had your I hate using this word because it makes me sound like a fucking patronizing mom but like your act out phase or whatever Mm -hmm. which happens to everyone then the second portion of it is just kind of been sounds like building a foundation of you and who you want to be what makes you feel good and powerful and confident and all these things with the improv because you're like I don't care what people think and with the dance be like this makes me feel safe and sexy in a good way and just Mm -hmm. building those foundations in yourself that I think are really important to do for anyone but Mm -hmm. especially for someone who's been through assault is to like rebuild that base up yeah Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. That's so cool. That's Thank you for sharing your story with us. Seriously, you're such a badass, and I'm so excited. Yeah. Dude, snaps for your ass. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>